Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, we have Jason Schilling, the president of the Alberta Teachers Association, responding to the parental rights policies announced by the province last week. We also have Carla Power, a teacher at the Christina Gordon Public School here in Fort McMurray, who has won a provincial award for inclusivity. Joining me on the phone here today, Jason Schilling, the president of the Alberta Teachers Association. Jason, how are you doing here today? I'm doing well. How are you today? Doing well as well. Thank you so much uh, for the time here today. I just wanted to gather your thoughts on the proposed uh, policies that were announced on Thursday from the Alberta government. Well, I'm concerned about how the announcement will impact the safety of some of our most vulnerable students that we have in our our school population. And um, I'm worried about how it could have a significant impact on the culture and the operations of It is my understanding that uh, teachers were not consulted in these policy discussions. Is is that concerning? Yes, I think when you're making uh, policies and procedures around um, what happens at school, you should be contacting and having consultation prior to any kind of policy announcement with those who work at schools to see what um, what the issue is, what needs to be fixed, and then working with uh, schools in a way to ensure that our students are safe and secure and that we're not overburdening already a very busy uh, school district. Maybe talk about that student-teacher bond as well, because uh, there are times a teacher's you know, someone or maybe even the only one that a student uh, can really trust in their lives. Yeah, I know that uh, I've been teaching for over 25 years and I've had many conversations with students who are struggling with all sorts of aspects of their life and teachers are quite often um, one of the trusted individuals in their lives. You know, I wish every student came from a loving, caring family, but we just simply know that's not the truth and for the majority of our students it is. Um, but to have a really good relationship with students where they trust you to to look, seek help out provides the opportunity for teachers to provide that help to connect students with the resources or with counseling or or other things that will help them sort of resolve the issue. And I'm worried that, you know, if part of this policy would say that teachers need to provide notice if, for example, if a student wants to change their pronouns or if a student is thinking of this, and they need to have a conversation, but they know that their teacher has to out them essentially based on this law. I don't know if they're going to come to that teacher, and I, I find that is really heartbreaking because that's one of the key elements that teachers work on really hard is to make sure that school is a safe, caring space for everyone. Some of the other groups I've uh, talked to have mentioned that uh, notifying parents and waiting for them to opt in for sexual education for their children will be a bit of a hassle and an unnecessary headache at at all terms. Uh, What are your thoughts? Well, right now under the Education Act, parents have the ability to opt out of instruction on human sexuality and religion. Flipping it to an opt-in part uh, is really a huge burden on schools and teachers to try to track these 
these forms down. Uh, now, as it operates, if a student doesn't bring a form in seeing that they don't want to be part of the instruction, I work on the assumption that everybody is there and it's all good to proceed. But now I have to work on the assumption that nobody has given permission to have this instruction and then you need to uh, track those forms down. And if anybody has tried to track down a field trip form, knows that it's not exactly the easiest thing to do. And then kids miss out on very valuable instruction around um, the human sexuality units that are aged and grade appropriate and been developed for years. Do you feel these uh, policies put kids in danger? It's going to put some of our students who are most vulnerable students in danger for sure. Um, It uh, requires uh, a lot of um, it, it just, it's just going to be something that is going to put these students in, at risk. Uh, it jeopardizes their safety at school, um, their acceptance. It requires students who um, might be struggling with their identity to suppress their identities and then feel um, like they can't reach out to teachers. It's going to be something where you're putting teachers in the position where they have to violate a student's charter rights. And children have rights just just as much as anybody else. And uh, I think that um, I'm worried about how this will affect uh, our trans youth within our schools. Say a teacher does not adhere to these policies if and when they come into effect. Is ATA uh, discussing steps to deal with that scenario? Well, we'll work with... um, uh, government over the next couple of months to just see exactly what they are thinking on some of these policies. Again, we weren't consulted beforehand, and it would have been nice to have been in order to uh, maybe provide um, some clarity on some of the un- unintended consequences that they might have had in these, these decisions. But we will work to ensure that our our teachers' rights and their responsibilities are are protected as well, and we'll, we'll handle that as we get to it. Why do you feel teachers weren't consulted? That's a great question for the government (laughs) and the premier of the province. Um, You know, we've had a history with the UCP government of not being consulted on issues such as the curriculum redesign and implementation process. Um, There's been a variety of things where government has has made policy decisions without consulting the profession, and then it seems um, we end up having to do a little bit of cleanup on the back end to make sure that... uh, what they want to try to do works, or we try to dissuade them from moving forward. And I would like to see government not move forward with these policies. What's your message to those most impacted by these proposed policies? We know I want all students who are who identify or have family members that uh, are gender or relationship diverse to know that teachers in this province support you and that they care for you and that uh, the ATA has always believed in the safety and security of our students and we always will and we will work um, with government and other stakeholders to make sure that uh, that continues because. It's, it's vitally important that every student feels safe at school. We want kids to be successful. We want them to, to move through school and, and to be um, happy and healthy, and, and I can't see that ever changing. Jason Schilling, the president of the Alberta Teachers Association. Anything else you'd like to add here today? No, I think we've covered it all. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much uh, for the time here today, and we look forward to getting you on the show here sometime soon again. Yeah, you bet. Anytime. We'll be right back after the break on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. 
Joining me on the phone here today, Carla Power, a teacher with Christina Gordon Public School. Uh, Carla, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, how's it going here today? Oh, it's pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us here today. Uh, what do you teach at Christina Gordon Public School? So I teach ECDP to grade 6 music at the school, and I've been there since they opened. All righty, perfect. Uh, and what's one thing you find incredibly rewarding at uh, school uh, you know, going to school every day. Uh, I love how inclusive our school is. I actually have two children with autism who are in grade three and in kindergarten at our school, and I've never felt a school quite as wel- welcoming as our school. And you recently won the Gary McPherson Leadership Award. Uh, what does that award mean to you? Um, that is... Um, it's an award to recognize my leadership in inclusion. Um, and so basically, I'm the chairperson of the first ever inclusion advisory committee in Alberta. And we started that at our school in 2019. And uh, we've been growing it ever since. And we've been working on projects like our inclusive playground and just educating our staff, students, and families about inclusion. And, uh, it's been a really rewarding uh, part of, it's it's really not part of my job, but it is part of my life, so I've been able to intertwine the two, and the award was, I was really honored to receive it because this is work that I do because it's dear and near to my heart, uh, but to be recognized for that was really special. And maybe talk about some of the work that that Christina Gordon Inclusion Advisory Committee does uh, for the kids. Um, so besides um, advocating and fundraising for a more inclusive playground, we've also done things like inclusion fairs well, where we invite agencies from around town who service our families to come and uh, tell the families of children with special needs um, kind of what services they can provide. We've run mini AAC camps. We've um, done educational uh, bits about autism acceptance month and down syndrome awareness week um yeah loads of stuff we've we've added lots of new titles to our library so we're getting the representation into the classrooms and um our students are really well versed in what inclusion really is because of it i think and you can see it like our our kids so my kids who are both special needs are so popular and everybody wants to play with them and it's it's really changed from when I went to school and I'm really proud to see that change happening because inclusion is super beneficial for not just my children but for all of the children who um, learn learn around my children so it's uh, yeah the inclusion committee like started off as a a big idea and then it just kept growing and growing and we have parents and staff members that are really passionate about inclusion as well on it so uh yeah they've they've really helped to get things uh going and keep the momentum up of uh the work that our group does you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier but uh, do you feel like inclusion in the classroom has really improved uh say in the last five to ten years I do. Like, as a parent and an educator, I get to see it from both sides. And um, I'm seeing daily um, how my my own two personal children are included in their classrooms and their class community. Um, They may be doing work that is slightly different than their peers, but they're still doing meaningful work in their classrooms. And it's not always with the assistance of an adult. Like, very often their, their classmates are, you know, assisting them and helping them and working 
together with them. Um, and as a music teacher, I see it all the time too. Like, um, music is such a universal language and really those kiddos thrive in music class as well. So, um, I love that we are such a, a diverse school and an inclusive school because it's really like, it's built a culture at our school for sure. And while inclusion uh, has definitely made strides in the last five to ten years, uh, definitely something I'd agree with too. My wife being a teacher, I kind of see it uh, from that end as well. I imagine there's still a, a long way to go. Uh, yeah, like for education, for sure. Like there's um, there's always more. Like as parents, we want we want the best for our children, and you know, elementary school is kind of where we've been the last uh, six years of our journey, and. Um, you know, we're, we're moving on to junior high here in maybe three years with my oldest child. And, uh, I'm a little nervous about what that looks like and, and then opportunities for our children after high school, you know, employment opportunities and such. So, um, I still think as a community and as educators, we just need to keep pushing for more and more inclusive practices, not just within the schools, but within the community as well, like work opportunities and things like that. Maybe just reiterate how important it is to make classrooms inclusive, uh, for all children. Yeah. So I think, uh, it, it's a beautiful relationship that you can, you have to see it, right? Um, the kids are so excited when my children learn something new or they say something on their communication device that, you know, they request something from a friend. Um, they're, they're excited to be part of that, that learning journey. And they're learning, my children's peers are learning that there are different ways that people learn by being exposed to my children and to children like them, you know, um, and although my children are both on the autism spectrum, like they're so different. And now that they're both at the same school, many people are realizing exactly what that means as well, right? So personality-wise, and I think it's really eye-opening uh, to a lot of students to realize like, oh, wow, like um, th- this person may have a disability, but they have so many abilities as well. We'll be back with more from Carla Power from Christina Gordon Public School next on Fort McMurray Matters. And we're back on Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Carla Power from Christina Gordon Public School joins us again on the phone. I also understand you and your husband uh, run the Hoop Heroes Inclusive Basketball League. Uh, maybe just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what that's been like and uh, yeah, just uh, that what the league is all about. Uh, yeah, so we started that last spring, and we're just uh, getting ready for our third season. Um, so my husband grew up playing basketball, and his father was his coach the whole way growing up in Newfoundland. And uh, that was always his dream for our children to play ball. Um, and when they both got diagnosed with autism, you know, it. That, that dreams changed slightly for us, but it didn't disappear because uh, my husband is a very good coach and I'm a pretty good organizer. So we kind of put our heads together and we said, you know what, like we need to build a program. There's already a hockey program in town. There's already a baseball, a challenger baseball program in town. Like, why don't we do a basketball? Like, let's put it out there and see what the interest is. So two seasons ago, we put it out there. Um, we got 66 players, 68 players, I believe, our first season, um, ages 5 to 18. And then last season, we had 68, 60 plus. And this season, we have 66 sign up again. So 
Um, the response has been phenomenal, and we've had new players. We've had players return every single season. It's it's low cost, and like we have lots of sponsorship uh, so far. We're always still looking for more so that we can buy adaptive equipment to really make the game of basketball adaptive for all of our players. Because we have players everywhere from with cognitive delays to you know physical differences. Um, you know, we had a blind player at one point, and so we bought balls with bells in them so she could hear the ball when it was coming her way. And we have hoops that different uh, heights and yeah lots of sensory equipment because you know that's an overwhelming experience sometimes being in a gymnasium full of bouncing balls so we made sure to purchase headphones and really like prepare our players for that potential overwhelm and because we are parents of two special needs children I think we were able to kind of be proactive on a lot of those things yeah, so that's pretty much what the what the Hoop Heroes program is all about, and we're super excited. We have lots of volunteers, um, and the volunteers work one-on-one with the players so that the parents can actually sit back and enjoy watching their child participate in a sport. In a community like Fort McMurray, how encouraging is it to see sports leagues like yours, like hockey and like baseball, that focus on uh, being inclusive for, for everyone to play? Um, ideally, I would love for, you know, the teams to just always have that mindset of, like, everybody should be able to play versus um, it be about, you know, winning or, or making some championship. Um, but, uh, like, unfortunately, that's not, the to- that's not the reality right now of having, like, our children join, let's say, Northern Trailblazers. And, and like, great program from my understanding, but just... Um, just maybe not able to adapt to someone at our children's level. And so that's why we created the program in the first place. And we call it inclusive because, you know, our buddies are very neurotypical um, and they come and they work with our our players. And so a lot of our players are nonverbal and they're, you know, I, I say to our buddies, uh, it's okay. Like you can still talk to them and here's a core board to help you communicate with them. And, and it, it's great to watch because the volunteers love coming too. And they learn so much from the experience as well right um so that's why it's our inclusive basketball program because although it is catered towards special needs children we um we love to have volunteers of all abilities join us because it's so meaningful for our players to play with their peers versus just like another adult you know so we accept all volunteers like kids all the way up to adults and uh and and it's great to have a mix of both for sure I don't know if I answered your question. Sorry, I'm so passionate about this program. That that's absolutely did answer my question, and uh, okay. yeah, that yeah, I couldn't have drawn it up better myself, there, Carla. Okay. Um, again, you mentioned the third season is coming up. Uh, what should people know if they want to get involved? Um, so our registration is uh, currently closed. So for players, um, because we want to make sure that it is still like. Um, you know, doable and we can have enough volunteers prepared and enough equipment and all of that. So right now we're sitting at 25 in the first two groups and 16 in our teenager groups. So that's, that's a pretty, those are pretty big numbers, but um, we certainly would love for more people to get involved with volunteering so they can check out our website and uh, maybe that's something I can, I can give you to post on your page 
and there's a link where they can volunteer uh, with us. Um, and there's also, if they want to support financially, that is always welcome as well because our, our real goal is to just make this sport accessible for all and take away like financial burdens as well. So our registration fee is $25 for the season and it's six practices and which is very affordable, I think. And we just want to make sure that parents, um, feel feel comfortable and safe and included and there's no barriers put up against them or their children from trying it because we as parents understand like there's so many barriers that we face daily and so that was one thing that we wanted to really strive for in our program to not create more barriers carla power the teacher for christina gordon public school anything else you'd like to add today uh no i just i I thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me. I think the more we talk about inclusion, the more that people really understand what it's all about. And uh, hopefully, you know, everybody will just, you know, think about including other people whenever possible because it's so meaningful for all parties involved. Well, thank you so much uh, for taking the time today to uh, talk with us us here today, uh, Carla. Thank you so much. That was our show for today. A big thank you to both of our guests for joining the show today. We have another good show planned for tomorrow, so we hope you can join us for that. And if you missed any part of this or any other show on Fort McMurray Matters, you can find it online at play1037.ca. Thank you for listening to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally. Have a good day.